All right, first up, this is coming soon. Okay, these adorable pastel-y, like tropical pina colada. Uh, alligator clips are from Liborg. Uh, they made a big run of them and they had some extras. We picked them up, they're coming soon in the shop. Yeah. Cool independent maker that does all sorts of neat things. We saw these and we're like, let's get them. I love that they're just like, it's not just normal red, orange, yellow, green, blue. It's got, got like pastel yeah. pink and like, I don't know, cyan or magenta. I don't know. Beautiful colors. Lime green. Yeah. Uh, make your DIY projects uh, stand out with some colorful alligator clips. So coming soon. Next up. Uh, another, this is not coming soon. This is an updated product. We've stocked these re-legendable keycaps. But then I found a supplier that was half the price, and so I now send you, instead of five in a pack, you get ten in a pack. It's the same exact legible keycaps that you take them apart. You can put whatever you want inside, snap them back together. Twice as much for half the price. Well, <laughs> same price, twi twice as much, or half the price. Is so, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You get ten instead of five. Yeah. So great for your uh, macro pad projects or keypad projects where you, you want to have custom keycaps. And they're, you know, you can go through them a little bit. All right. Next up. Okay. We've also got, um, this is a rotary encoder knob, but it's like a slim knob. We like the skirted style knobs, but I also got these as samples and I thought they were quite nice. So I, uh, I picked them up. So let's go to the overhead and I can show and compare the two. So this is what we normally stock. This is skirted, so you can see uh, there is like this little bit of like a overhang here. Um, this one is much slimmer. It doesn't cover like the body of the rotary encoder, um, but maybe you don't want that. Maybe you, if you have a bank of these and you want a really slim type knob, uh, these are like the slimmest knobs I could find. So you can see, very svelte. Okay, next up. We've also got, if you want to make custom kitty keypads, this silicone mold uh, lets you make six kitty cap keypads for your Cherry MX keys. Uh, you don't have to make all six at a time. It's just you get six slots because whatever, if one gets ripped or something, you're, you're good to go. Or you can make six at a time. Uh, I do recommend we have a couple of these types of keypad molds coming out. I definitely recommend using UV resin, not two-part yeah. resin. I tried two-part resin. It's like kind of a nightmare to use. Yeah, you can do it, but it's required a lot UV's of patience. Nice. And it. you have to, it has to be the exact right temperature and the humidity and blah, blah, blah. Get the UV stuff. The UV stuff, it's a little bit more expensive. Um, but when you use it, you just use a UV LED lamp. And it cured in like a minute and a half. And it looked great. So I recommend it. It's because these are so small, you can use UV curing resin. Um, and make custom keycaps. And you can design them. You can have colored resin you can like put glitter in them and yeah. of course they can be translucent because resin is transparent by default all right and then we've got these cables we're just going to go through these like really fast right because these it's, like, are yeah jstph like pigtails and you get the plug and the socket both sides uh, so it's great for making like little uh, harnesses these are jstph compatible uh, people know that we love these cables now we just have them, if you want to use this type of cable, but it's like, you know, cable to cable connector. Um, each order you get one of each and we have them in three, four, five, and six pin configurations. Yeah, we have all the configurations you're gonna need. We have a page that has them all and separate pages for each Yes, product. and of course you can use these with the JSTPH cables you already have, they're compatible. Yeah. But I do like them as, as like, you know, these inline cable contacts when you want, you know, we have these for uh, Pico Blade compatible. Um, these are going to carry more current. I think they're 26 gauge. All right. Um, next up. 
All right, so if you're gonna make 60% keyboards, we've got a couple different plastic and metal shells for you. So after you make the PCB, you wanna put it in an enclosure and the enclosure is kind of like the annoying part because it like has to fit it very nicely and you want it to be nice and sturdy and it's hard to 3D print something this large. I mean, you can, but why not just get a shell? And so we've got a variety of shells and these are all for you know the GH60 style mounting, sometimes like called Geek Hack 60. Um, and uh, so we've got them in translucent smoke. We've got them in a opaque lavender pink purple, and we've got them in a translucent clear. There's three plastic ones, and then we also have one anodized aluminum, you know, milled one that's really, really nice and elegant. It's going to be more expensive, but it's also going to be heavier and flatter and more stable. If you're just starting out making keyboards, the plastic ones are going to be a lot cheaper and uh, easy, and of course, if you want translucent, uh, they're a great starter shell. 60% uh, keyboards are a great starter size for DIY key making if you're making your own uh, keyboard. These have a lot of space, and again, that standard mounting. So you can start with plastic and then upgrade to metal. And they all come with some assorted hardware and uh, slip grip things that keep it from sliding around your um, desk. All right, next up. All right, next up from uh, Cytron, we've got two products. They've got the, this is kind of like an RP2040 board. It's called the, the MakerPi RP2040. It's got a lot of Grove connectors and it's got motor controllers. So it's kind of a nice all-in-one, do all sorts of things, RP2040 board. The RP2040 is on the board itself. It's not like a Pico breakout, but you see there's uh, motor drivers on the kind of top right, servo, Grove. So it's like robotics and automation projects, I think would be a great pick and it's like, super cheap uh, so check it out you can use um, if you want to use our stem qt boards we have a grove to stem qt cable that would fit very nicely uh, with this board comes with all this assorted hardware next up next up we've got the um, from the same company uh, this is the citron uh, maker pico so you plug in your raspberry pi pico onto it and it kind of the same thing it gives you like um, a buzzer and switches and buttons and audio output, SD card and growth connectors. So it's like a nice inexpensive add-on that kind of gives you like a bento box of like every sort of little, you know, hardware you might want to attach. Uh, comes with a nice uh, insert as well. I just thought like a great accessory. You'll, you'll have to solder headers onto your Raspberry Pi Pico, but after you've done that, uh, you just plug in your Pico and you're ready to rock. Okay, next up. Okay. Uh, for people who've been doing a lot of stuff with Stemma and Stemma QT uh, and, and quick boards, these are plug and play I2C um, sensors and devices and people love them because it's fun to plug and play. However, I2C was not designed to be plug and play. It's actually meant to be on a circuit board where things don't get disconnected or like moved or shifted or unplugged and replugged. That said, you know, once you make something pluggable, people are gonna plug it, right? I get that. So. Um, you can do that, but it's a little risky. Whenever you hot plug something like I2C that's not designed for hot plugging, there is a risk that you kind of destabilize the I2C connection. Um, you can sometimes have an extra SCL pulse, or maybe like, you know, uh, you have a little bit of jitter, or like the, the capacitance to uh, charge up the peripheral kind of, you know, messes up the open drain connectors. It's because, again, it wasn't meant to be a plug-and-play system. We're, we're kind of hacking that. But you can turn it into a plug-and-play system by using this, the TCA4307, which is a plug-and-play hot-swap buffer for I2C. It's designed 
specifically for people like you and me who love to use and abuse and misuse the I2C protocol stack. Um, you plug the inside into your controller. On the outside, you can plug whatever the heck you want, and it will never it will keep the two apart until it's safe. And it has this cool thing called stuck bus recovery. So if it notices that the SCL or the SDA line is being held low, it'll disconnect the peripheral and it'll try to clock it out to try to kind of like bring it back to life. I thought it was a kind of a neat chip. If you have this problem, this chip will solve it. If you don't have this problem, you're probably not misusing I2C, so keep doing that because that's kind of the way to go. But if you do want that, uh, this is an excellent little um, add-on. And of course, no firmware required. You just plug it in between your hardware and you're ready to rock. All right, and the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our team, and our customers is? The ortho snap apart neo key 5x6 pad. I don't know, this has so many descriptors. Um, this is neat because it's like the neo key breakout that we've got that people really like. But people are like, well, what if I want to make a matrix of them? Like, wouldn't it be cool if they were matrixed already for you? This is a, a pre-matrixed neo key setup. And it's basically designed for anybody who wants to make ortho linear or ortho uh, basically gridded, right? It's an XY grid. It isn't like offset like most keyboards. Um, you can use it for macro pads. You can use it for keyboards. It's five by six. So you, it's a kind of like not a full keyboard, but it's not so many that you're buying this huge thing you don't know what to do with. So it's 30 keys. It's got a nice in-between number. Arranged five by six. And it's snap apart. But in between the snap apart bits, there's little like traces that I put between them so that it's all matrixed out, but you can snap it apart as you wish. So let's go to the overhead because this is, this is kind of a complicated product, but if, you're, if you've done keyboard stuff, I think it's, it's kind of self-explanatory. So let me, uh, let me get out here and focus lock. Okay, so this is what it looks like. And you can see through here the, the table, you can see like my hand. So there's a little snap apart things with holes. There's actually small holes you can't even see. So with a pair of pliers, you can snap this out from five by six to any grid you want. You can do two by four, you can do like one by six, you can do four by five, four by three, whatever you like. Um, I recommend rectangular, but you don't have to do rectangular. It's just gonna be annoying to wire if it's not. And um, there's six columns and five rows. And so you only have to connect to you know, one of the five rows and one of the six columns because it's connected. Again, the, the rows and columns are connected through the little break apart tabs. Um, so you can have uh, a matrixed keypad. You only need 11 GPIO pins for this. And then each Neo key has a diode. You can kind of barely see it. So it's uh, ghost free. You don't have to worry about ghosting because each one is diode protected. And then each one also has a, um, through hole, sorry, a reverse mount NeoPixel. So this little NeoPixel is reverse mounted. So it shines out the top. Um, and that's controlled by a single NeoPixel input line. And the NeoPixel input line snakes its way around through the entire grid. And using a resistor to kind of do a feed through thing, if you snap it apart, like if I snapped this out, it would still work because it would just shunt down this way instead of going all the way around. Just trust me, it works. Only need one NeoPixel input and you can control any part of the rectangular grid that you design. If you want to have it be non-rectangular, like if you want like a triangle, you can do that. Just be aware that you're gonna have a lot of like weird like row key, like 
the row and column map, they're going to have to figure it out. And the NeoPixels, you might have to kind of do a couple jumper wires. So I recommend doing uh, rectilinear. And then, of course, it's uh, rotatable. So, uh, you know, in this case, um, because I have a north-facing LED button, uh, so it's like a, a glow-through button, you know, you'd want it to be upside down. It doesn't matter because it's fully symmetric either way. Uh, the only thing that's directional is the NeoPixel input. You want it to be at the, there's little arrows on the back. So you want it to be in the, the input of the arrows. You can see these little arrows that snake through. Just go into the input um, and you can make like your own custom macro pad or ortho, ortho, keypad, ortho keypad or split keyboard of whatever size and design you'd like. And um, just use any matrix keypad uh, library code for this. We've got an Arduino library and of course CircuitPython has support as well. That's new products. New.